Father, we just thank you that your presence is always with us. But Lord, as we come to your word, we're so aware that we need you to breathe upon your word and upon truths that are found in the scriptures. So Holy Spirit, I pray for every person that's listening today that they will hear a word from you. And Father, that you would anoint my lips and help me to deliver the message that you have placed upon my heart. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Well, great to have you with us today. Yesterday, I was fortunate enough to go out shopping with my incredible daughter, Jodie. She's just been the delight of our lives. It was one of those times we, we get together. We went out to Sylvia Park in Auckland, and we're always sort of hoping we're going to be able to find the right things. And first shop we went into, we just saw three or four things, cheap. Oh, yeah, they've got to be cheap. Uh, that were just what we were looking for. Spent another couple of hours around the place, brought another few, few more things and just had a fantastic time. Really was a very special father and daughter time. Not only did we buy things, we connected with one another and we also just discussed a few different things about, you know, kingdom of God, living for Jesus and that. So, hey, it's been a great week for me. I want to talk to you about something today that is probably one of the most powerful forces that operate in our lives. And I don't think we're aware of it a lot of the time. It actually drives us. In, in fact, it determines a lot of what your future is going to look like. I mean, I'm sure if you're anything like me, you'd love to know, gosh, what's my life going to be looking like five years, 10 years time, or even 18 months time? Where am I actually heading? I'm going to look at one word in particular that is going to define a lot of what our future is going to look like. And the word that I have for you today is hunger. Hunger is just such a, a powerful thing. In fact, it will even determine the people you hang out with and the people who want to hang out with you because hunger defines us in so many ways. And it will decide where we put our time, our finances, our energy, you know, what our lifestyle is going to be like. And so one of the most important questions you can ever ask in life is what am I really hungry for? What drives me? Where is my life heading? Here's my question I want to ask you right now. What are the three things, if you can name them, that you're hungriest for? It's worth sitting back, reflecting for a few minutes and trying to answer that question honestly. I can help you answer that. And the way I do that is have a look at your calendar and have a look at your bank statement. Your calendar is going to tell you where you spend your time and your energy. Your bank statement is going to tell you where you spend your money. Those two things will define to a large measure what drives you, what you are really hungry for. So I had a thought the other day, how about next Sunday we all bring our calendar and our bank statements with us? Maybe even put a few of them up on the screen. I wonder how many of you would say, amen to that. You can have mine. I'm not even sure I'd be willing to let you have a look at my, uh, my bank statement or my calendar. Maybe my calendar, I wouldn't mind so much, but my bank statement's probably just got a few too many golf payments in there uh, for my liking. But you want to try and find out what are you hungry for? Because truly that is where your life is heading at a rapid rate of knots. I found some quotes on hunger. If you want to, before I get to those, if you want to think about hunger, think of a sports person. 
They are so hungry to do well. They are so hungry to win in their sport. The calendar, practice, 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 practice. Their bank statement, expense after expense, equipment, better equipment, better shoes, better whatever. They would clearly define what they are hungry for. In fact, almost no sacrifice is too great. So I think a sports person is a great example of the power of hunger and how it can define how you actually live your life and where you spend your money. So I went online. I thought I'd look up some quotes on hunger. So this is just hunger generally in life. So listen to a few of these ones. I thought they were quite interesting. If you want to do anything worthwhile in your life, you've got to be hungry. Les Brown. Here's another one. If I could describe myself in one word, it would be hungry. Hungry to improve myself, hungry to succeed, hungry to inspire and help others. And most of all, I'm just plain hungry. Here's another one. Success comes to those who work, wake up hungry every day. Another one. Sometimes it's not about who has more talent. It's about who's hungrier. I was out having a lunch the other day with a another pastor friend of mine, we discussed a whole lot of things and desires that different Christians have and leaders and pastors have. And as I walked away from that meeting, there was a thought that just dropped in my heart and it was whoever's the hungriest for it is going to get it. We're talking about a specific thing there, but just whoever's the hungriest for it. And so hunger really does make a massive difference in our lives. Here's another one. Salman Khan said, a lion runs the fastest when he is hungry. It's an interesting little thought, isn't it? We're going to run faster when we're hungry for something. So we just got to make sure that thing we're hungry for is the right thing. And hey, it's going to make you run faster. Here's one more. What's the key to success? The key? There is no key. Be humble, be hungry, and the hardest worker in any room. That was Dwayne Johnson. So what do you think would possibly be the greatest hunger you could have in your life? What would be the most powerful thing, the most important thing? What, what should be at the top of your list and mine in terms of what we should be hungry for in our lives? The answer is found in Matthew 5 verse 6, which says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, filled with God, filled with his blessing, filled with his favor. When we hunger and thirst after God, we know people like King David was just so hungry for the Lord. The apostle Paul, that I might know him. These people that had hunger, they really did excel in life and in their walk with God. And I think when we get this right, it's going to release the maximum possible blessing in our lives. We're going to see God do things that I think will surprise us. As Church Unlimited, we often talk about a prophetic word we've had, leave me astounded. When we hunger and thirst after God, He is going to leave you and me astounded. I've experienced that so many times in my life. And the more hungry I am, I find the more often God does leave me astounded. When I was um, a young person, which is a few years ago now, I was on an outreach up in Northland somewhere around Mangataroto, that kind of region, Kawakawa, or Kaiwaka it might have been. I remember walking into this house and I saw on the wall this poster. It was quite a reasonable sized poster. And what it had on it was this 
verse as a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul after you. And I had this picture of this deer in the water brook. And I remember as I read that and saw it, something just apprehended me. It was a burning bush moment that we've talked about at times. A burning bush. In other words, God was just getting my attention. And so I began to engage with that verse. And so what I did is I went home. I went to a bookshop. I found the same poster and put it up on my bedroom wall, Hindu parents. And it stayed there for many, many years. It was one of the, probably one of the greatest encounters with God I've had in my life. And it's a verse that has marked me for, because to this day, I still have a great hunger for God. Of course, it could be more, it could be greater, and I want it to increase yet. But boy, that was a real defining moment in my life. And I pray that you also will have a defining moment where suddenly, if you haven't already got it, or if you have already got it, it surges to another level. Because the hungrier you are for God, the more blessed your life is going to be. Smith Wigglesworth that we've heard so much about, just a mighty man of God, saw a miracles that very few people have seen. But there's a verse that marked his life, that characterized who Wigglesworth was and permitted him to step into realms of God that very few experience. And that verse was found in Psalm 63, verse 8, which says, My soul follows hard after you. My soul follows hard after you. I remember when I heard that that was his key verse, I was challenged by it. And that hunger for God opened the heavens over his life. And I believe one of the keys to an open heaven, God's favor, blessing, his power is a hunger for God. There was a redhead boy in a Sunday school many years ago, and he would virtually almost attack the teachers and the superintendent to kick them. He was uncontrollable, throw things all over the place. And they just wanted to, you know, expel him from Sunday school. I don't know if you can do that. But anyway, the thought was that they'd give him one more chance. At that same time, there were some special meetings on, and this red-haired, uncontrollable, violent boy got saved. He was so saved that he would spend time at the pastor's house and the pastor almost couldn't get rid of him. He would stay up all hours, late into the night, crying out to God to change him and to use him. He just got so hungry for God. Well, the amazing thing is that God met him at his hunger. They say that he became one of the most gentle young people that you could ever know. God transformed him and then he went and spent 20 years, would you believe, as a missionary in China. That's hunger. Uncontrollable. Expel the boy. Waste of time. Going nowhere. Gets saved. Gets hungry. And ends up using wonderfully used by God as a missionary in China. That's the power of our gospel. That's the power of Jesus to change and transform lives. If your life needs changing, if you need a breakthrough, if you've got kids or family that are out of control, hey, why don't you ask God to give you a real hunger to see a breakthrough, to see a transformation? Because as I said before, I believe a hunger for God opens the heavens over our life and permits God to do the seeming impossible. Remember, the redhead boy, uncontrollable in Sunday school. Let that inspire you to get more hungry for God.
Matthew 5 verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The Bible says the hungry person will be blessed. In Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, I reckon the word blessed is used nine times in possibly Jesus' very first sermon. But did you know what blessed actually means? It means happiness and contentment that is not affected by negative or adverse circumstances. Wow. Hungry for God? When your contentment and happiness is not affected by the things going on around you, wouldn't that be an incredible place to come to in your life and in mine as well? Happiness. I like to serve a God whose first sermon talks about contentment and happiness. That's the kind of God I want to follow after. And if I'm honest with you today, I am happier today than before I was saved. I'm happier and more content today than I was 10 years ago or even five years ago. This is true. If you hunger and thirst after God, it is the pathway to the most blessed possible life on planet Earth. Now, as I often say, that doesn't mean there's going to be no trials. That doesn't mean there's going to be no hardships or, or pain or suffering. Or, hey, that's part and parcel of life on planet Earth. But the beauty of this verse is in the midst of that, would you believe in the midst of that, you can still be happy? You can still be content because contentment and happiness is actually an inside job. It's more to do with what's going on inside you. And the closer you are to God, the more you can be happy and content when circumstances are going against you, which unfortunately is going to happen in life from time to time for all of us. I heard this statement. Heaven does not respond so much to need as it does to hunger. When I heard that, I thought, wow. Is that really true? Heaven doesn't respond so much to need as to hunger. Well, I can't say categorically that is true, but I think there is a truth in that statement. There was a young man who got saved, and he had a really terrible lifestyle, and he needed victory over that lifestyle, but he doesn't matter what he tried. He couldn't quite get a breakthrough. So what he did is he began to pray a psalm for deliverance three times a day. Then he got so hungry for God that he did this for two years, three times a day. But imagine doing that, newly, reasonably newly saved, three times a day for two years. God saw his hunger. And one day, this is a story, he was walking down the street, bingo, all of a sudden, completely set free by God's power. His need for deliverance didn't seem to release heaven. But his hunger for God to do something in his life gave him a wonderful breakthrough. I wonder if there's something you are believing for in your life, wanting, desiring, hungry, you know, looking for. You have a need and you maybe even thinking, God, don't you see my need? Can't you see how hard this is for me? And yet nothing seems to be happening. Maybe, just a suggestion here, why don't you step into a, or ask God for a greater hunger for a breakthrough? What, maybe read a psalm a day, maybe add fasting or whatever it might be. Show God you are really hungry for a breakthrough in your life. And maybe that is what's going to open heaven and do something remarkable in your life. Listen to this verse. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. There's a lot of truth packed into that 
kind of unusual kind of statement, isn't it? Every bitter thing, it says, tastes sweet. Well, how is that possible? I know I've tasted bitter things in my life, and you just spit them out. And uh, you, you buy something, you, you, you get some food, and you, it just looks so good, doesn't it? So you grab one and eat it, and it's just so bitter that usually you think, man, there's no way that can taste sweet. You just want to get, get it out of your mouth and then wash it down, wash your mouth out with something nice and sweet or something like that anyway. But what, is this, what does that actually mean? I think what it's actually trying to say to us is this, that when we are hungry for God, really hungry for God, even bitter experiences can have a sweetness about them or give us a sweet taste in our mouths. We know that trials make us bitter or better, sweeter or more sour. This is what I believe. When you're really desperately hungry for God, there's something in your heart you just so want to please God. And so as you're going through this bitter experience, there's a cry in your heart. Number one, you're saying, I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get resentful. I'm not going to let unforgiveness get into my heart. And then at the same time, you're saying, God, will you do a work in my life through this bitter experience and make me a better Christian, change my character, or bring me into a closer relationship with you. And over the years, we have seen, and through Scripture, you see that people go through bitter experiences that actually come out closer to God. So there is a sweetness in the bitter thing. They come out a better person, a sweeter person. Kind of. I'm sure you've noticed it. One of the things I've noticed in following, you know, being in church leadership for decades now, some of the sweetest, kindest, loveliest Christians have actually suffered the most, been through the hardest trials, the most difficult things in life. And somehow, through the bitterness, the bitter thing was made sweet. And they've come out and they're just this amazing, amazing person. I read something the other day that's been quite helpful to me. And it's not... It's a challenging statement, but it was, it was Tozer who I, I like reading. And Tozer said this, <clears throat> when God is going about crafting a man or a woman of God that's going to do something significant for him, he doesn't use a manicure set to shape them. What he uses is the hammer, the chisel, and the saw. <laughs> In other words, it's pretty tough going. It's not softly, softly. God gets in there. He hammers us. He uses a saw on us. He chisels areas of our life away. I mean, I've been experiencing this quite frankly in the last few years. And I'm th- when I read that, I thought, okay, it, it makes sense. It doesn't make it any easier, but it did make sense to me. It actually helped me to think, all right, if I want to be all God's called me to be, if I want to make an impact, reach New Zealand and the nations for Jesus, you know, fulfill huge vision, I've got to allow God to do a deep work in my life. I've got to allow God to shape me because I've always believed and preached. You know, the further you want to go up, the more you want to go up, first you've got to go down. You've got to go down deeper into God. That lays a foundation so you can go up towards all that God has for you. The bitter thing is made sweet to the hungry soul. And so... When you're going through these really challenging and difficult times in your life, your hunger for God is probably the defining factor.
I think we all know too many people, once in church, lovers of God, servants of God, went through a trial, went through a bitter experience. It wasn't made sweet. It was made sour. They've ended up away from God, some of them backslidden completely, some of them bitter and unforgiving. Hunger for God. Maintain it in your life. Never lose that hunger. Because that, that hunger is that desire to please God no matter what happens in your life. I think we've all got occasions where we could become bitter, offended, and unforgiving. Everyone's going to face it. Somewhere in their life, I've been through stuff where you can become like that. Make a decision. No. My goal is to please God. There's a song of Solomon. There's a scripture. I'm not sure exactly where it is. It says, who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on his bosom or leaning on the bosom of Jesus? The thought there is that a person's coming out of the wilderness, out of a struggle, out of trial, but closer to Jesus. The bitter thing has been made sweet. So another thought from Proverbs 27 verse 7 is that everything tastes good. Everything tastes sweet to the hungry soul. So the person who is hungry for God can receive from him in any service because they're hungry for God. So, you know, if the worship, maybe it wasn't that great, but if you really are a worshiper, the worship doesn't have to be great. They don't have to get the right songs. You can just pick up on one part of one song and get into worship. And so be satisfied and be fed even when it's not that great. Or maybe the sermon was just very average and you're thinking, man, this is actually fairly boring. I hope you're not feeling that right now. But if you are, you need to really listen now because I'm going to give you the key of how to get something out of a boring sermon. If you're hungry for God, you will find something to feed off from any sermon, from any preacher, whether the preacher is one of the best on the planet or whether it's just a, a kid that's sharing a few verses or something that happened in their life, or whether it's a young person. When you're hungry for God, you're going to find food. You're going to find satisfaction in whatever the climate is of the, of the service that you're in or whatever's happening in that service. There's going to be something good for you to capture. It may even be during the offering. <laughs> you know, they may say something in the offering. You think, man, I've never heard of that before. I've never, you know, and that moment can change and transform your life because once you become a better giver, again, that's going to release the blessing of God in your life. So when you're hungry, everything tastes sweet. Now, let's think about this for a while. I remember when we were in the Philippines many years ago, we'd been out traveling into the islands and, you know, it's pretty rough going. We stayed in some, you know, huts, literally, long drops, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, some of the food was, often the Filipino food was really, really good. But I remember this time traveling home, Adrian and I were on the bus and I just had to have something sweet. I do have a bit of a sweet tooth, to be honest, anyway. I just love my ice cream and cakes and... I used to love cream donuts, all the rest of it, but I have to avoid that stuff, too much, too much sugar in that. But I do have a bit of a sweet tooth at the best of times. In fact, most nights I have a dessert it's of some kind. But anyway, so I'm wanting something sweet. So there's some vendors, you know, outside the bus windows, and there's these guys selling these little white things called Langsonis. So I thought, well, yeah, they look, they look pretty good. So we bought some Langsonis. I ate the first one. I thought, man, this is magic. This is fantastic. So I don't know how many you bought, but I ate virtually all of them. So when we were back in Cebu, where we were living, a few days later, I said to Adrian, get me some Langsonis. I've got to get some more. She went and bought them. 
brought them home. I put one in my mouth and I thought, how on earth did I ever enjoy that? I didn't even finish them off. When you're hungry, everything tastes great. That was a classic example. It's the same in the things of God. You know, if you are hungry for God, anytime you pick up your Bible, it can speak to you. If you're not hungry, then maybe it's never going to speak to you. You don't have to have read the best verse or, you know, of, of the week or some great verses. You know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Any verse can speak to you when you're hungry. In fact, when you're hungry, you can actually sort of dig deeper and actually find some gold in a verse that many other people would just read and go past and not think much about. I remember another time, you're talking about hunger. As soon as you get into fasting, man, hunger, you understand that inside out. I remember fasting a while ago, a number of years ago now, and when I was watching something or saw somewhere this dolmio sauce, and it just looked exquisite. So I said to Adrian, as soon as I finished my fasting, you've got to get me some dolmio sauce and make me some dish, whatever it is, and man, it's going to be awesome. I couldn't wait for my dolmio sauce. So I finished fasting, had a few things to eat in that, and Adrian gave me a thing with um, dolmio sauce in it, and guess what? It tasted terrible. When I was really hungry, it seemed like this was going to do the job. But once you've had a bit of other food and then the dolmio comes out, man, if there was nothing else ever available, I probably would have liked dolmio sauce. To this day, Adrian threatens me. And she, you know, if I'm not behaving quite as I should, she said, tonight it's dolmio sauce for dinner. And I know I'm in serious trouble. That That's not what I want. When you're hungry, my point is everything. Food tastes sweet, but also the things of God, you know, prayer, worship, listening to sermons, it all tastes good and it satisfies with it. That's the power, the tremendous power of hunger for God in our lives. So let's wrap this up. Can we start to wrap this up? I just want to give you some practical tips that I found useful of how to actually Increase your own hunger for God. So campuses, listen in. If you've not listened to anything up to this point in time, I know that you want a greater hunger for God because the blessings are so awesome. So why don't you listen in? And maybe I've got about six tips, I think it is. Maybe two or three of them, you might think, wow, I'm going to grab that. So would you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Stop listening to my voice. Of course, the Holy Spirit's going to come through my voice. But is there something that God's going to give you? Because if you can grab one or two of these it's going to change your life forever. So the first one I want to suggest is very simple. Why don't you just ask God? God, will you give me a greater hunger for yourself? James says you have not because you ask not. When was the last time you asked God for a greater hunger for himself? I reckon that is a prayer that he will answer. If you ask God to give you a greater hunger for himself every day for the next three months, may not even be that long, I can guarantee you will get a greater hunger for God. And that would be such a great prayer for you to pray. Second thing is empty yourself of things <laughs> that drain your hunger for God. And I think we know, obviously, if we just do the wrong things, compromise lifestyle and, you know, just filling ourselves with all this other stuff in life, some of the things we've already mentioned, like magazines or too much sport or things like that, we fill ourselves up with everything else. Our hunger for God is not going to be what it should be. So put, look, think of it this way. How do you get your kids to eat vegetables at dinner time? 
I know most parents are putting up their hands and just saying, impossible, giving up on that one. Can I ask you to try again across all campuses? Here's my suggestion. I'm no expert on this because uh, I was raised in a day when there wasn't that much junk food and we never got it anyway because parents couldn't afford it. But if you want your kids to eat good food at night, don't let them eat too much junk food or any junk food during the day. Limit those lollies, those burgers, those ice creams, those chips and dips and muesli bars and whatever, all that stuff. And I reckon there's a chance that they'll be more hungry to eat the right food at night. And I know a lot of parents are looking at me and thinking, Pastor, you have got no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) And you may well be right. But I think you get my point. If you fill up on junk, you're not going to have the hunger for God. So you've got to empty yourself of anything that you think could be limiting your desire for more of God. What you feed increases. So here's another one. Walk with those who are hungry for God. Now, that's that's probably not too hard to do. Try and find some people that are really passionate for God, hungry for God. I mean, I'm hungry for God. and Come to our services. Hopefully you can pick up a bit of hunger in your own life. Because, you know, what you're, who you're connecting with, relating to, really does impact on you in a massive way. So find someone who's hungry. Find people who are hungry and hang around them. In contrast, if there are people in your life that are not hungry for God, that are worldly, that are going in the wrong direction, cut it off. Kill it. You might say, but they're the only friends I've got. Yeah, but if the only friends you've got are taking you in the wrong direction, and away from God, that's going to affect your eternity. It just isn't worth it. Again, we talked about the cross. Yeah, maybe it is a real cross to take up. Take up your cross daily and follow me. To disband or move away from a friend that's a bad influence, it's a cross. But I want to suggest it probably is worth it. Here's a a quote on this one. Uh, A couple of quotes I found. If you're not as hungry as I am, we can't eat together. Interesting thought, isn't it? That's from Jeremy McGilvery. Here's another one. Find someone who is as hungry as you are. Because if you walk with those who are hungry for God, your own hunger is going to increase. Here's another one. Number four, guard what you watch with your eyes. Where did man's problems begin? In the garden, Adam and Eve's eyes. They looked at stuff. They took it when they shouldn't have. It broke their fellowship with God. Man's eyes have been a problem from the very beginning that break fellowship with God. And they're still our problem today. You need to guard what you watch with your eyes, what you watch on TV, on the internet, on social media, movies, whatever it might be. Throw in their pornography, obviously. Just guard what you watch with your eyes. There's a verse on this in Psalm 119, verse 37 says, Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Wow. Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Watch what we watch has a great impact on our hunger for God. Two more. Number five, and I think this is something I want really established in Church Limited as much as we possibly can, and that is to encourage you and your family to be in church every Sunday. I believe it's what God wants. I believe it's God's will for us. And we've got to make a decision somewhere along the line that nothing is going to keep us away from getting to church and also getting our family to church because it's one of the best things you can ever do for your kids. Please, please. Get to church every Sunday. Yeah, it's a sacrifice. Yeah, it's taking up your cross maybe. There's other things you want to do. 
but really it is worth it. And if you do that week in and week out, it will increase your hunger for God. This is how it works. The more you're in church, the more you'll want to be in church. The less you're in church, the less you will want to be in church. So make sure your graph of church attendance is going up and not going down. Because as we know, too many people get to the place where actually they're sick and tired of church and no longer come. And our nation is full of that. But outside of church is going to be very hard to maintain a hunger, a strong hunger for God. The last one I'd mention is time in prayer and in the word on a daily basis. Read your Bible, pray, because when you do those things, they do feed a hunger for God in your life. Hunger is so powerful. Matthew 5 verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Allow God, ask God to increase your hunger and step into a life of contentment and happiness, a life of victory, of greater peace, of greater joy, and of an open heaven that will allow you to see more and more breakthroughs.